You're listening to the Girls on the Grid podcast with Tanea and Priya. Welcome to the Girls on the Grid podcast. This is episode 18 and this week we are not going to waste any time. We have an awesome chat with Georgina Sadler who is an associate producer at Sky Sports F1 which means you get to travel to F1 events and make TV. So if that doesn't sound like a cool job, we don't know what is. We're going to jump straight into that chat because it's an awesome one. It's a bit of a long one, but we know that you'll enjoy it. And joining us all the way from the UK today, we have Georgina Sadler or Georgie Sadler, who is assistant producer for Sky Sports Formula One. Georgina, thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, thank you very much for having me on. It's really exciting. <laughs> so the F1 season is officially underway. How has it been for you so far? What a roller coaster. I mean, to be honest, we're going full pelt this season. We're going 100 miles an hour, all guns are blazing. Um, you know, with the whole lockdown of 2020 and 2021, 2022 brings us, um, you know, advancements in technology and all of us on the road again. Um, And so many features that we're filming, so much exciting content, so much access to drivers. It really is just a thousand miles an hour and going to a race where there's fans, I mean, back going to Miami, it was it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. A bit weird, you know, you're out of COVID world now and uh, you're back seeing people. It's a little bit strange, but we needed it. F1 needed it. The fans needed it. We needed it. And um, it's been, it's been, it's been mega. It's been really cool. Yeah, it sounds amazing. So you were just telling us before the year last, you went to Miami. How was that? Let's just, let's just debrief. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go back. Okay. So yeah, Miami, I I tell you what, the paperwork to get to the US does not make it a very attractive thing to go and do. And so they need to sort that out (laughs) because yeah, that was a, that's a whole process to get a work visa. But I mean, I went, I tried to go a day extra thinking, you know, I could get some holiday time in, but I mean, when you were going to a new track for the first time, um, it, we just need, we had to go and film and shoot as much as we could. So, you know, Monday I landed in the evening, Tuesday, right up in the morning, grab the camera guy. We're going to South beach, Miami. We're going to film as many of the people of South beach as, as many of the U S fans and people of 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 Miami uh, to bring some color into our broadcast and um and then we went and shot with Lewis Hamilton and Tom Brady I produced that interview which was so cool Miami South Beach uh golf club with the two of the biggest goats in sport Tom Brady and Lewis Hamilton that was quite a pinch me moment. Um, not say moment, I mean it did last half a day, yeah, watching them play golf and then we got to have our uh, sort of 15 minute sit down with them. So that was really cool. And the weather, the people, the vibe, and then go, throwing it all to Formula One, hello, that's where it got really exciting. You know, 
Um, the race, I don't think, gave us as much, um, has as many sort of overtaking opportunities as we wanted it to, but that's not to say that practice and qualifying and everything leading up to the race um, was still really busy and um, an incredible thing to be part of such a, a mega experience. And also I met the Miami Dolphins, which was, oh, I mean, they were, they're really big and I was really small. <laughs> they're great. They were, they were really cool. So, yeah. What is it like to just spend the day hanging with Lewis and Tom? And I'm just going to first person them because I'm, you know, pretty close with them. But if we say Lewis Hamilton and Tom Brady, what's it like to hang out with the goats of their respective sports? So you don't necessarily hang out. I mean, it was a media day, so there was a lot of press um, and you're kind of there part of the press just with a couple of camera guys getting some shots. Um, And then when we got to our interview... Um, we had Rachel Brooks as our presenter, who is absolutely fantastic, amazing. She also has really good rapport with Lewis and knows Lewis quite well. So I think that really helps with setting up an interview. And he's the kind of guy that, you know, gets up and says to each and individual one of you, you know, thank you very much for time and putting it together. And he stays, he gives you more time. He's like, oh, no, I'm enjoying this. Meanwhile, his PR crew are like, no, come on. He's like, no like this you know thanks and continues chatting with our presenter so um no lewis lewis especially in that in that interview that we had really had a lot of time for us and um it was really nice that is really refreshing to hear because like he's not portrayed like that you know unfortunately he's not portrayed as that kind of person in in not only f one broadcast but in most media so to hear that he actually is just you know, a guy just who happens to drive a race car really fast and is very stood by his morals and values and stuff. It's, yeah, it's 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 really cool. It's really cool. What does your role as assistant producer consist of? Oh my goodness, where do I start? Um, my role of assistant producer is really diverse. From um, per, you would from going to races obviously and producing shoots planning shoots um, and then executing videos sometimes we're editing but most of the time we have editors so it would be a lot of prep um, and logging of our footage that we then give to our um, give to the editors um, also like a style plan and then deliver our content whether that be on linear or digital um sometimes at the races our role could also involve involve being playing the role as a floor manager so if our floor manager is not there um we've got to be able to adapt and and play the role of floor manager back at sky um sometimes we during a race weekend you can be you can play the role of vt coord so that's in the gallery um and or vt coord assistant um during a race weekend we could also be um in the edit so you would have your editor throughout the whole weekend next to you and you edit 
and prep lots of features that we're sort of putting together, be that like a coming up promo or, you know, the opener for the race re uh, for the race day or opener for qualifying or a sit-down interview with Martin Brundle and um, one of the drivers. So um, there's a lot of planning for all the all this prep. You know, you've got to think of your music tracks, you've got to think of your style, you've got to think of where pieces are going to be um, delivered or executed if you're going to have something that's just only going to sit on digital or only um, or you know for broadcast there's pre-season there's a lot of filming that we do and a lot of these really cool fun shoots like we got um, a really fun one coming up soon you might have seen a tease of in the beginning of the season with George Russell driving what seemed to have been an ice cream van a double-decker bus and Johnny Herbert getting involved as well in the Three World Cup. That is so cool. All organised by moi. So there's a lot of there's a lot of lot of fun little bits, a lot of fun little bits. Um, trying not to give away too much, but yeah. But so Priya, so so P Dog, when we uh, you know go and organise all this stuff with like Chaz Mostert and Anton Di Pasquale, that's the same, right? Oh yeah, totally. No does George does George even know who those two guys are? No, they, they are nobody's <laughs> compared to this. Tell me more. So they're like the two sort of leading guys in our championship, like Shane Van Gisberg and... I'm just going to read that down. No. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do a Google search. Do a Google search. Did you not pay attention to the Supercars Championship broadcast during the F1? Come on. Do you not think I have enough F1 to deal with? <laughs> <laughs> my god but we're so much fun it does we're look so like much a lot fun. of fun it does look like a lot of fun it is definitely not as high level as f1 it's a lot more chilled out than f1 yeah <laughs> i would like that every now and then that would be nice that would be really fun. <laughs> um but yeah no, no it's great fun so <laughs> yeah, no it's it, so yeah role of assistant producer is um and then also we've got this new show on a monday called any driven monday it's a YouTube live show that then gets put onto our um, um, linear platforms and um, it's hosted by Naomi Schiff, former W Series driver and Matt Baker. Um, and yeah, it, that is, that's something that I will be producing post Monaco. So it's a really cool, being an assistant producer at Sky, you get to do so much and you get to have a go at doing so much from actually you know producing directing a shoot through to planning um editing and you know being in the gallery um producing you know picture hundreds of um screens in front of you and people shouting out cameras and what vts are going to come up next and um red yellow green all these colors what does it mean and yeah, that's that's really exciting when yeah, you've got a hundred voices around you and all this kind of talk back communication and you've got to hear a hundred voices as well as a press conference, as well as pen interviews, as well as someone screaming in your ear telling you what to do. It's great. I love it. So yeah, multitasking phenomenon. Sounds like it keeps you on your feet. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. So let's get into learning a little bit more about Georgie Sadler. So you have a motorsport background, all right? A little bit, yeah. And a little bit, and because of my background, we're going to talk a little bit about your dad competing in motocross. 
before you two run off into little horse land and chat chat away when I just put myself on mute and like edit a video or something, we're going to talk about motocross because that's my speed. That's where I live. Georgie, hit me with whatever you've got about motocross and just let me okay, cool. yeah. smile about okay. it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my dad grew up with sort of motorbikes, like dirt bikes and did a lot of, um, I think it's called motor trials trials trial motoring i don't know but it's like going through the forest kind of you know make your own sort of routes and did a lot of that and actually built some courses around the uk um of i he's gonna kill me that i'm gonna get this i think it's called motor trials um but yeah some some routes um that they did sort of national trail 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 riding Trail. trail, trail riding through the book, through the bush, through the bush. Yeah, so we did like through the, that's through trail the riding. Thing. She knows her stuff. And then, and then, um, so we did a, built a lot of those kind of courses, and then um, started getting into motocross. But then, little old me, kind of coming along, it sort of didn't didn't come to fruition. So I threw my pen. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, he was always, he still had dirt bikes in the in the garage and they were really cool to just sort of like look at. And um, But we, my mum and dad were both petrified of us uh, kids ever going on a bike or being near a bike. So we could only watch it. Um, but yeah, my dad had lots of li- little silver trophies of dirt bikes. And I always heard about the stories um, and saw it on TV, but never, and he watched a lot of Formula One, but I never really got the opportunity to kind of, do it myself or see my dad do it properly but it was a lot of stories of oh you know I used to do this and I used to do that so yeah so where did your interest in media come about then it's a bit of a well when I went to university I did graphic design and it was a little bit of a last minute choice because I was actually a illustrator a drawer a an artiste. Um, my mum's an artist, so I was always had a paintbrush or drawing horses in my books all the time. And um, Priya's nodding her head, like, "Yep, that's me as well." Um, so it was only when I was doing graphic design at university that we got the opportunity to do a bit of video editing and um, hire out cameras. Only just I like I was literally learning the basics where the on and off button was and how to start and stop record, let alone zoom and focus and all of that. And but in an artistic way, we did quite a few things at uni. And um, when I came out of uni, that's when I landed this filming polo polo filming job, which really got me into filming like this is it. You know, I'm a horse mad girl. I've landed a job where I can travel around the world filming polo matches, play a bit of polo, and I get to make cool videos for the polo teams of galloping horses with great music tracks. And and that's, I think, when you tie your passion, tied your sort of passion into, you know, doing something that you love and with work, that really- That's the definition of a dream job. <laughs> It was. It was a dream job. It was. Um, it was really hard work. Again, it wasn't all. But I mean, seven, eight months of the year, I wasn't in the UK. We did Australia for two months every year. So we did um, 
Do you know, you guys know James Packer, Kerry Packer? Oh. The Packers up in Elliston, right in the middle of nowhere. Um, Yeah, we would go to the Packers place, Elliston. Um, And then we did Melbourne, Melbourne, Sydney. Um, But yeah, Dubai, my first place, the first place I went to was India. So Dubai, India, Thailand, South Africa, Saint-Tropez, Geneva, Italy all of it and that was that was pretty fun six years um but yeah going from i guess working with horses uh in equestrian media or polo media how did that how did the opportunity to work in f1 come about from there um when i got to i I was working in polo for about six years and when it got to sort of the five, six years, I was really pushing the company to invest in bigger cameras for us to invest in satellite dishes because we were giving our feed to ESPN and just become a bigger, bigger, better company. Um, But it wasn't moving as fast as I wanted to and I wanted to grow. So I left to join Arsenal Football Club and that was more like a stepping stone to really find out what being a producer meant because this role of being filming polo around the world, I was pretty much um, doing everything from booking cameramen and flying them around the world, visas, to vision mixing, directing, producing, presenting sometimes. And I just really needed tunnel vision, like what, being a producer meant so going to Arsenal Football Club and being an assistant producing there assistant producer there was quite a sort of stepping stone and really funnel funnel what it is that I want to do and how what this role meant and it was uh, when I was at Arsenal I applied for this job that I found on LinkedIn to be assistant producer for Formula One and Sky was always like Sky Sports was always this kind of the the shining star that I always wanted to apply to. It seemed like the biggest company that I I always heard about, dreamt about because it was all sports like you like Sky Sports puts on like all the sports in the UK and I always actually wanted to put polo onto Sky Sports so I kind of felt like I was getting to somewhere that okay well if I couldn't put polo on then you know I'll just get my feet in the door um and Formula One was you know something that my dad was so you know for his daddy's little girl to be you know working in Formula One was was a dream so I applied for the job but I didn't hear from them for a year I then moved from Arsenal to Budweiser as a producer for their football content because they sponsor the, their partners with the Premier League and La Liga. So I was a producer there. And football wasn't truly my focus um, or in my heart, as I would say. And then I heard, and then literally one day I got this call like, hey, you applied for this job over a year ago. Are you still interested? I was like... Oh, what? <laughs> like, who hears of a back from a job a year, like that long later? It really goes to show, because it was a woman from HR that called me, and it really goes to show that if you keep your CV 
updated and with them, like, you kind of always think, like, oh, that's never going to happen. Like, a big company, like, they're just never going to kind of sift through this pool of CVs. But I think I'm a product of that. Um, and, yeah, it was the most gruelling interview process. And, you know, your heart's racing, you're sweating buckets. Um, but, uh, yeah, here I am. Smiling, grinning, happy as Larry. Is what you're doing now your dream job? Yeah. What yeah. What do you see as being, is there a next step? I mean, this is the thing. It's like, I feel like I kind of got here. I I just feel, I, I feel. You got there early? Do you feel that? <laughs> yeah. I feel that. Yeah. You feel like you, you dream about something and you get there at like 23, 24, how, like 21, whatever age you are. And you're like, okay. What do I do next? That it's I feel like that every syndrome. single day. It, it, it imposter was, syndrome, it, but age-related. It was yeah, imposter syndrome, particularly because I think um, everyone around me had been in the television broadcast industry. And my route was, I tried to, was like in polo, we went from like filming polo matches with just a single tape-based camera up in a cherry picker van you know from just filming polo matches in England to filming them all over the world like seven eight cameras um you know in a small OV truck and I kind of like you know the whole idea of like a running order and something so big and great and going from a small OB truck to the the largest gallery rooms you've ever seen and it was it was like whoa you know um, I've made it. Um, it was quite daunting, but I think there's so much support at Sky, like so much. And um, I work with such an amazing team that there's six of us assistant producers. So I have great people to lean on that have been there. And that's what's nice. You know that you're in a really good company when like everyone that you work with have been there for like five years, six years, 18 years, like since it started. And you're just... And they make Sky make it amazing to be able to stay with Sky. They've got a lot of opportunities to grow and they've given us like um, a stepping stone. So I'm assistant producer. Then there would be the role of senior assistant and then um, associate, junior associate, then senior associate producer. And then you go to a producer. So there really is you know, this kind of longevity of, of stepping stones within the company. And if I ever want to sink my teeth into Sky Sports News or another department, that we are always helping other departments. Like we take juniors from other departments to help us out with logging or something, logging of a race or practice sessions. And uh, I think that really helps the company itself grow and I sound like such a sky like sky is great but it really is it really is it really is such a cool company no it sounds like such an awesome company but what what does a day-to-day kind of look like obviously you've got your travel with f1 but I guess a normal day in the office what do you get up to normal day in the office um sometimes a day in the office is right here at home um I don't there's not a compulsory to sort of be at um the office unless it's sort of 
Wednesday, Thursday onwards, then you're uh, during a Grand Prix weekend, you're most of the time at the office. Sometimes in the off season, it's very much like, Georgie, go out, go horse. I shouldn't be saying this, but it can be like this where it's like, Georgie, just go horse riding for the day. Do whatever you want. Just come back to us at the end of the day with five ideas for a, you know, for an end of season closer. And it's like, okay, (laughs) great. So it's a lot of um, just coming up with creative ideas, a lot of research. And you're sitting on Spotify a lot, um, finding cool music tracks, contacting talent, contacting you know I'm trying to find um there's this uh ballet um only black ballet school in um London which has taken the internet by storm that I'd love love to do something with um so there's a lot of it's 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 a lot of planning and a lot of research um to build up to an end of season or pre-season sort of opener, closer. A lot of the time, like Silverstone, the race coming up, I filmed something. Actually, I can talk about it because it was a tease in the beginning of the year. Um, We filmed, we got Lewis Hamilton to meet um, a bunch of children, a surprise visit um, with a group of kids at Silverstone. They were doing some remote control car racing. So um, I've, we filmed part one and part two of that. I've then got to film part three as well. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of other shoots planning, even if I'm not in the office. Um, it's talking to you guys or it's, you know, coming up with all sorts of content that we can make our production look so with all the travel you've done over the years that you've sort of been in a traveling role because you see you know some people they just have a like an office job nine to five just travel is for holidays for us three travel is a part of our everyday story and i think travel is so great but like traveling for work it's it almost kind of like i don't know if anyone else is when i get on a plane i'm kind of like not sure if I'm going on a holiday or if I'm going to work. And then you get on it and you're like, hmm, is this work or is this a holiday? But I don't know. I don't know if it dulls it or anything like that, but it's definitely something that when it's so part of your story every day, do you ever like struggle to kind of switch off or or really sort of holiday, I guess? Immensely, immensely, which is why um, this job is so so intense like when the races are on it is so intense which is why I have my complete let go and the thing that I love doing is I drive 45 minutes out of the city to the middle of nowhere where this horse is and I tack her up and I go on a ride for two three hours I go get lost in the forest I bring my phone, I put it on silent, it's just as an emergency thing, and I just sing my heart out. Um, call me crazy, but that's that's my little kick that I do. Or I've just come back from uh, sailing, and I really, again, just either nature and the ocean. I think that's why we see a lot of the Formula One drivers, um, you know, like Valtteri Bottas, as you see on his Instagram, like lying in a stream naked. I mean, I'm not quite stream, but naked. 
I did see that. I look. I looked for a little while. <laughs> nice. He's got a good bum. He's got a good bum. He's got a. He's got a very good bum. He's got a great bum. Yeah. I did. I did do the the pinch and then <laughs> yeah, zoom in. It's great. Like every single woman that follows him did the. Hello. Exactly. So uh, where were we? <laughs> Why are you blushing, Georgie? Why are you blushing? <laughs> My way of kind of relaxing and detoxing is, I guess. Horses and sailing. Um, so that's something that I'm. I've currently got my half my day. I've got my theory for my day skipper, and now I'm gonna get my practical done at the end of this year, which will help as well. I guess if you think about if I got that, then imagine a shoot that we could do. Then potentially, you know, chartering a, you know, a yacht for half a day, and you know, Valtteri loves sailing. Um, uh, presented um, Damon Hill, former world champion. He is a water baby as well, so that could be that could be quite fun. So it's it's, it's also planning. I mean, I do want to get Formula One drivers on a horse. Um, like I didn't know that Christian Horner, <laughs> Christian Horner and and his wife were like horsey. I was just like, no way! <laughs> would be so cool. And they had that scene in Drive to Survive where they were just walking, like, through their paddock holding hands. I was like, they should have put them on horses. I know, yeah. Do you remember that scene? Yeah. I was watching and I was, like, so engrossed into the F1 episode. And then all of a sudden you just see this, like, totally, like, random scene where where Christian Horner and his wife are just walking through their field, like, like a paddock. I'm like, like, what is going on here? (laughs) They should have been, like, double on the horse, like... Galloping yeah, into that would have been great. That would have been cute. It would have been it just been us great. all from a from a videographer's perspective. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> and then the horse does like a big buck up, and the sun's behind them. And there's a flare. Oh, so romantic. Cute. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> all right, that's enough tonight. <laughs> all right, it's time. We we keep talking about horses, and I actually need to talk about it now. Um, I led I led you in really nicely there. <laughs> Thank you. You and I both have horses. It was one of the things that stood out to me when I was stalking your Instagram. I'm like, okay, this chick's awesome. She's she's a horse rider. She's like me. We're cool. Um, and obviously, we've both worked in both forms of horsepower. I like to think one is the better horsepower. Um, but yeah, for me, I guess with my career similar to what you do. Um, I recently actually downsized my herd of horses because I just didn't have time anymore, which makes me very sad. Um, and I haven't ridden in almost a year. Yeah. But so do you own a horse or do you just, do you go for a ride every now um, and then? So we do something, I don't know whether there's so many horses in Oz that you guys probably don't need to do this, but we, um, the, you can like get a horse owner and do a horse loan or a horse, um, some people call oh, it yeah. a horse. Yep. We do so that, yeah. I own, I part a lease. loan horse. Yeah. So I part loan or lease this, um, this horse, um, which is really, it's really nice because I don't have to worry about the headache of owning a horse. Um, it's just literally, I tack oh, up so I much, go, isn't there? and I do whatever I want. I go wherever I go. I go for however many hours I want to go. I ride to the pub. Go meet my, 
Yeah, but it, 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 I, I need it because I do build up this sort of, you know, crazy work schedule and you just kind of need to disappear with nature for It's such a, a good escape, isn't it? It's really healthy as well. So, um, mm-hmm. yes, do love it. Yeah, I've got a couple little um, little mini ponies and I just sometimes at the end of the day, I just go and sit with them in the paddock and I'm like, yeah, this is cute. Yeah, I, I just, it's like a it's like a drug, isn't it? It is. That's it what is. they all say. It's so thing. sweet. Honestly, they're really, and it, like it gets really embarrassing because a lot of our team meetings – um, so this is, a, you know, what we do building up before a race Grand Prix weekend is we have a lot of meetings about, you know, ideas for, you know, what to do with some of the drivers or a cool opener for a video. And you can always bet on Georgie that she's got some idea involving a horse. OK, like yep. the, the secure yep. Grand Prix, the opener was a horse, which was me. <laughs> um, the the other oh yeah I saw you um on your on your Instagram you were filming something was that it the so that was that was for something else that was another opener for um for that was a Ferrari themed opener um you know the really ah that's cool yes um but yeah before that I did a um Back last year, I did the... Sorry, it was the Qatar opener, and I did, um, you know, horses in... Arabian horses in the desert sort of vibe. Uh, but, I mean, when yeah. I couldn't lose yeah. the race, you have to plan from the other side of the world, find a riding stable, find, a you know, two Arabian horses, organise for your crew to drive, you know, ridiculous hours into the desert, meet some random people in the desert, film these horses, and hope to God it went okay, you know. Um, so, yeah, I've I've got many more ideas involving horses, but I do need to tone down the sort of good ideas. horsepower thing. Um, there was a really cool uh, opener, that um, title sequence that Sky did, which was a whole load of horses on the Silverstone track, galloping around the track, and... Um, they sort of cut Whoa. that with with race footage. Yeah, if, I think you need on YouTube somewhere. It's called something like Sky Title Sequence. I think it's like the very first one, like 2012 or 2013, 2014. Um, I'm gonna have a look. <laughs> but yeah, horses galloping, and and that's like the ultimate thing, you know, a horse race. Um, horse uh, power. Horse power. That's when you can incorporate it. That's it. Yeah. I did do, when I was filming polo, I used to, um, one of the polo tournaments that I used to film in Abu Dhabi was sponsored by Maserati. So I did quite a few Maserati and polo player racing against each other. Cool little vids uh, for Maserati that, um, and that's, I guess, like, this would be cool, you know, as as a thing, like, does that exist? Um, you know, sort of first ideas, you know, into Formula One, I guess. What would you say excites you more, horses or cars? Cars. I I know. <laughs> really? I know. 
I know. Because it excites me. Priya's heart just shattered. It I just mean, shattered. I get it. I get it. No, when, you, when you're talking about excitement, okay, like I wake up and the first thing I go on is Sky Sports News to look at what's going on in Formula One, like the title headlines. I go on Twitter. I'm I, Because... It, it interests me and it excites me. Like, that's what's going on. The horse is still going to be sitting in the field, you know. Um, she's great with my little pastime. It's more like a pastime. Um, and I don't, I've never truly competed in, in horse riding. I did a bit of cross country and a bit of, um, like, Jim Carners as a kid, but n- nothing... I broke my neck two years ago, so I don't also want to be going too crazy. So, uh, yeah, I've broken a few bones and it's, yeah. <laughs> Not nice. No, you don't. All right, let's it. talk about that. Let's talk about that. How did you break your no. neck? What happened there? So embarrassing. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, this is the best. I cannot wait. Spill the beans. <laughs> like a horse girl. The more embarrassing. More embarrassing a sport, uh, an accident, the better. I, you know, when your parents tell you don't lean back on that chair, you'll break your neck. No way. I leaned back. I was at home, just like vibing. I've got basically the reason why I'm not in work right now is I've actually woken up. I've got really sore side of my neck, but I've um, I leaned back on a chair, <laughs> and I was like, oh, no you know, way. On the table, the legs broke. I went like rolling polyed <gasps> and then I had my legs stuck over my head and I crushed my neck. Like, you know, like Was there alcohol oh, involved by God. any chance? No. It wasn't even a great like I would just have my flatmate be like, Are you okay? And you know in a cartoon where like something... I thought you were gonna say something cool, like caught coming off a horse or something. No. no and then and then my friend who is a primary school teacher was like, Can I use because I posted a photo of me in a complete neck and body brace. She was like, print that photo. <laughs> Isn't this an example? School. Yeah. Put it around the school. Because that's like what the teacher tells you, isn't yeah. it? Don't lean back. You're I, poor. You're, you're breaking I still do that. Yeah, don't. I'm never doing that ever again. Don't. I couldn't feel my right arm. I had like wobbly legs. Um, but I live to tell oh, the tale. No. no. Oh, my God. Yeah, great. I thought you were going to say like you got hit by an F1 car or something. <laughs> But it was really sad because I was meant to go. Uh, I was meant to go to a couple of races, and I was literally lying in hospital watching everything. Like, oh oh, oh my, god. my god! No. So yeah, wasn't wasn't great. Well, if it if it makes you if you makes you feel any better, I broke my foot that involved like three years of rehab from stepping. Mm. Like steppings, <laughs> and it just, my foot just snapped. So, yeah, I uh, feel your pain, except mine was my foot, not my neck. So I'm just going to sit down. Just don't walk. You, I can't sit. You can't walk. <laughs> Let's get to the good bit. We're all camera girls. Yeah. We all love I've camera. I've seen this. You Using guys like Before that gets... We're both videographers. Yes. We are both uh, full-time videographers in motorsport. So we need to we need to get to the 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 real issues, you know. We need to get to the real issues of this podcast. <laughs> what is a better brand of camera? What is a better brand of camera? I'm gonna say Canon. I'm gonna say Canon. I'm a Canon fan girl. 
Look. Okay, look. Today is a traitor. No, I'm not. She's a Just, traitor. Okay, here's the thing. So You're at the a start, traitor. For the last year, I've been canon. And I was so against Sony. Traitor. I was like, traitor. I was like, shut up. Traitor. I was like, no. Nah, photography, I just, yes. I, I mean, or or if you're going to be yeah. oh. Denny Star, great. Look, the Canon R6, incredible. But then I, I started working for a new company this year and they put me onto Sony. And I, I've got to say, um, nah, I'm enjoying it. The color it. science is no good. It, every image that comes out of a Canon You guys shoot is with flat. SLRs, right? DSLRs. Yes, mirrorless, yeah. yep. Sweet. Old, old, big old Georgie producer up here shoots with proper, like... Sony FX9s, FX6s. Sure. I mean, we don't even shoot, we're just like... Yeah, we use FX6, FX6. That's I use weird. a Canon C70. What about the FX3? Have you sussed that out yet? FX3. We hadn't... I used to have a... Um, it's a little one. Five, which was quite... They're quite Hang cute. On. The FS5. Um, and they can do some nice slow-mo as well. Oh my god. I literally nearly just fell off my chair and broke my neck. Broke your Georgie. neck? <laughs> also, have you used this one? <laughs> what is that? A Sony A7? A7? Yeah, we, we use those A7. a lot. We use those a lot. Three. They're good. Really good. It, it was weird. I, I still got never... my Canon. It was so nah. weird for me. Canon... I used my Canon for work today. Canon colors are so far superior, it's not even funny. Do you guys shoot raw or flat? No. Our turnaround times are way too fast to do uh, that. I don't. Nah. Uh, not for I myself. would love to. I would love to. But when I need, when I shoot a video and need it 35 seconds later, no thank some you. Are, some of the other, other videographers I work with, they do. But for the stuff I do, I do mostly social content. So It's fast turnarounds. Just, yeah. Easy. Love that. Yeah. Tell you what, guys. It was so weird. It was so weird because I used to shoot and film polo. I mean, I was walking around with the camera a lot. And then to like have to sit next to an editor and then tell an editor what to do or tell like cameramen what I wanted. It was really weird and alien for me because I was like, just let me do it. Just, I'll just, I'll just let me do it. Yeah, it's so much better when you shoot and edit the same thing because I find when I'm shooting, I'm already thinking of my edit. I've already got the whole thing in my head. And I just put that footage on a timeline and it's, and I make it and it's quick and it's. Exactly. And like paper, paper edit your footage as well. Um, but you've got to know like the, what the cameras are capable of, what each camera is capable of um, and what lenses like your crew have, have brought and where best to place them. I mean, I, we also work with, when it, very rarely do we, pick up cameras ourselves um although <laughs> us as assistant producers we fly around uh with the biggest pelly case you've ever seen in your life full of gopros and it's ridiculous how big this box is for these tiny little gopros but we use a lot of those obviously for our driving shoots um for anything on track or action related so just going back a bit, with all the travel that you have done in the last however many years, what is probably your favourite country? Favourite country? Favourite country, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it really is between 
when I went to, I mean, I loved Australia and I'm not just saying that, but I really just like how Yay. free the people are and how wild, um, you know, like the outback is. And I think it, you need that balance. Like I've got to travel quite, okay, I live in the city, but I've got to, I think we're really short of like, you know, countryside and and sort of freedom um england has a lot of like rules and regs and quite controlled and i also really liked denver uh colorado um i went to film polo out there once and camping in the yellowstone park in the mountains and nature around you yellowstone isn't that where isn't that the park that yogi bear goes to or lives in yeah we had a bear sniffing around our campsite it was horrible it isn't that is it is it Yellowstone? Yeah, yeah. I like think Yo- so. Yogi like Bear. Like Yogi Bear, Yellowstone. Sorry. Yeah, Yogi Bear. <laughs> I just come and said Yellowstone. I was like, Yogi Bear. <laughs> Anyways, next question. Georgie. <laughs> what's the favourite country you've ever visited? I thought you were gonna say, what's your favourite colour? <laughs> <laughs> all right while while we're on the topic what's your favorite color and if it's not blue you're wrong okay blue <laughs> yeah um. <laughs> oh dear um what's my favorite what Co- color country, country. <laughs> this is you just such answered. a mess i love it you already answered the color question, alright? You don't need to tell me again. What's the favorite country you've ever visited? <laughs> my favorite country. My favorite country is um uh I really, really enjoyed Miami so much and I don't think I I was gonna stay for a bit longer, but I had to come back to um go on this little sailing opportunity that I had in France. So um yeah, Miami was amazing. Um, I think the States has so much to offer. Um, I'd love to go to the US Grand Prix, Texas. Oh, that would be so cool. Um, see, and I'd love to go see a rodeo as well. Um, and I think that there's just so many tracks, so much, um, so much motorsport in the US as well. Um, and I'd love to be able to just spend some time and see see that but the US for sure and um career wise do you have a plan from here or are you happy where you are what does the future look like for you um I do know that it's it's such an intense job and um it's you know to I'm still trying to find because like COVID first year it was really weird I wasn't really working it was quite odd uh, working for Sky and then last year it was again quite odd it wasn't really what normal was and this is my first year of normal so in a weird way it's kind of like my first year at Sky in the full Formula One Sky F1 um, business so I think I definitely want to spend some more time and years doing doing this but I do want to grow I'm quite a fast sort of I want I want to grow like when I was in polo I just wanted to grow the company 
massively. And if I, I wouldn't want to be assistant producer for the next, you know, five years, I'd want to, you know, get another progress. And, and if, if there was more of a way that I could, um, go up in the career ladder of horses and Formula One in equestrian sports, but it just, it's never really driven my passion as some sort of way, then I would love to. Um, you know, we also do, uh, Sky also cover a lot of the horse racing and um, much as, as F1 has, and I just, I just really, it sounds silly, but I just can't express how amazing it is working at Sky and the opportunities to just like grow. And that's really what I see myself doing is just growing within the company, within my team <clears throat> to just become better um, and be better. But the, the pressures of the job and the stress, it, it's not stress, but the, there's a lot of pressure, a lot of responsibility and um if and that, that pressure and responsibility will only get bigger so it's just whether later in life getting old whether i'll still want that <laughs> um but yeah so as we ask in every episode we are girls on the grid and we were always going to end up at this point we always do but <clears throat> although you've only really sort of been in the sport for kind of a short time would you say that you've ever faced any kind of gender inequality or bias for being a woman in in a heavily male dominant sport <clears throat> yeah um i'm pretty much the only female in my team if you exclude our presenters um female presenters on screen the sort of behind the scenes um production role I mean we've got a production coordinators who are female but um, as assistant producers and producers and the team that I work with and camera crew uh, it's it's I'm the only female and I I kind of I've always found myself being one of the lads and making myself as one of the lads and kind of dropping that tone of you know, giggly girly or, you know, when you want to say something about Valtteri Bottas' touche, you can't, you know. Um, <laughs> Why not? Well, you can. One angle of going, you know, what we want to see. Um, I want to see more of Charles Leclerc, you know. I want to have a shoot with him. But, uh, you know, you can't pick. <laughs> so Lando Norris just needs to go shirtless everywhere. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he's a bit too young. Wait, is this is us laughing about hot F one drivers like the opposite I, um, of gender I, bias? I was thinking about this. Yeah. This Ouch! This is not gonna. This is not gonna play out well for us. I, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, hang on, this isn't really like. Well. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've just had to put on the trousers a lot by being in such a male big environment, but that's not to say that. Um you are questioned a lot for your decisions and your decision making i think in this role yeah so um i think you've just it's a male it is male dominated but we are seeing so many more females and i think with w series coming about and sky 
having the getting the rights for that I just suddenly see like there's girls within Sky now like contacting me to want to be part of helping to grow Formula One, uh, to grow W Series, to be part of um, the, just recognizing and noticing that uh, there's movement and there's talk of, of W Series and women in motorsport. Um, and I think that that's really, really exciting and that's really helped. Um, so yeah, W Series, the W Series partnership I think has really helped and there are more and more women, a lot more women um, in the paddock um, than before. But I, I haven't been, I guess, in motorsport to really notice there must have been such a difference from years ago to now. But I definitely see, I personally see like all the women, there are a lot more women in the paddock. Um, I noticed that as well. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And with technical technical roles as well, um, I think is really nice to see. So, you know, you female camera woman, I think, is a rarity. Uh, you guys are a great product of that, you know, seeing female. I loved, I remember hearing a podcast with, I think it was like your first one, actually, uh, I listened to on Spotify. And, you know, uh, Priya, you, yourself saying about seeing another camera woman, and you were just like so in awe, just like, oh my God. There was the no way I was going to walk um, up to one of those boys and ask them about what they were doing. Yeah. So, but that's what we need, you know, we need yeah. need more girls. You need, to a, be you there need to female role models. It's all about exactly. representation. If you see it, you know that you can be it. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Seeing, yeah, that's it. That's really it. And girls need allies as well. And... You know, when you've got more females around you, I think you kind of, you have that sort of female support, I think. Um, I think there is this movement of really trying to support each other, like what Girls on the Grid is doing and I'm seeing so much of is everyone's, like this female empowerment that's kind of happening is amazing. Um, uh this this movement of empowering each other um, and daring to be different, but also support supporting each other, I think is something that's, you know, taking that leap and encouraging each other and um, pushing the boundaries and the support, I think is something that probably we didn't used to have. And I'm personally loving being, you know, working as a female in this industry, and at this time, I think is such an incredible time. It's, yeah, it's it's really cool. And our final question is, what is your advice for women or anyone wanting to get into a similar role to you in motorsport? It would be to make the contacts and to just reach out um, to someone that even if you don't think that you might be able to get an answer from, even just trying to reach out to someone um, who, you know, you aspire or look up to, um, making contacts I think is really important. Um, and being proud of what you do and social media has recently become 
the most powerful thing. You might not have, it's not about how many followers that you have, but your social media platforms, I think, are turning massively, social media platforms are turning massively into a way of shouting about yourself and what you do. And a lot of the time, in a personal perspective, we come across each other's social media and um, that sometimes also turns into professional as well and I think that that's really important is um, is to also notice how you're um, you know showing yourself on the on the outside perspective like some people have a personal social media and then a public or you know use your LinkedIn like I'm now starting to discover how powerful LinkedIn is and like these hashtags and everything and we kind of really need to get like tech savvy to to grow and to just kind of keep on top of these trends and um, I used to go to IBC Amsterdam which is like a television and broadcast um, uh, event um, the big that has conferences and a showcase of all the cool Canon and Sony cameras, the latest and greatest equipment that's coming out and exposing yourself to new ways of learning um, technology and being on top of these trends. I just, I just think it really helps because companies and people, they want to be in the know of what's cool, what's happening, what's social, what's, you know, something. So don't be afraid to shout about who you are and what you're doing. Um, be proud. Um, scream from the top of your lungs, this is me, this is who I am, this is what I'm doing. Um, you know, because if, if you're just going to quietly hand your CV somewhere, I'd like... People, you know, be proud of who you are and what you're doing. Shout about it. Um, so, yeah, that's, I think that's my my biggest advice. Well, Georgie, it's awesome to have you on today. Thank you so much for joining us. Never really spoken to anyone within this role before. So it's, yeah, really cool to hear about what happens behind the scenes and also to hear about all your amazing travels and all the places you've been. And, of course, having a chat about horses. Can't forget about that. Um, but yeah, all the best with everything and thank you for joining us. Thank you guys. I mean, I, I'm delighted, like honestly honoured to be part of your amazing, awesome lineup of cool individuals. Um, and, you know, when you reached out to me, I was like, no way. Are you sure? Me. But I think it's, I think it's really cool. And um, to all the to all the Aussie listeners and the UK listeners, thank you. Thanks guys so much. It's been awesome. It's been mega. Huge thanks to Georgina for joining us on the podcast. Me and Priya just spent uh, about 15 minutes after that chat with Georgina just like fangirling over how awesome she is. So yeah. That's it. That's it from us this week. We will be back in your ears next week with another episode and another guest. And we're on the countdown to episode 20. So we thank you all for listening in to another episode of Girls on the Grid. Talk to you all next week. Bye. You've just listened to another Network R production. 